Seinfeld. The outing is over and has been for quite some time, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who are recording this podcast via the help of a two-line phone. I'm Rob Sister, and here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? How are you, Rob? I'm doing very good, Akiva. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I've been I've been worse. You've been worse. Okay. Yeah, and the and the Mets are on a six game losing streak. Yeah, uh, that's about it. That my my you know my feelings basically reside on on how the Mets are doing. <laughs> yeah, the Mets are not doing great, and that's why we have to ensconce ourselves in Seinfeld right now because there is not a lot of joy in our sports lives. We are ready to talk about a very famous episode of Seinfeld on a historic day in the history of Seinfeld. Yeah, I think uh, Seinfeld historians will really. Uh, They'll remember this uh, June, whatever it is, 2015. The day that will live think, in infamy. Yeah. Well, June 24th, I mean, 2015 is the day we are recording this. We're actually recording this, also filming this on Periscope as well. This is the first time we're doing a live edition of the Seinfeld Recap Podcast because we're so excited about what is going on with Seinfeld on Hulu. Hulu! <laughs> I feel like we'll be telling our grandchildren about this day, Rob. Hulu! Do you think Hulu will be around when we're grandparents? Hmm. Hulu Plus Plus, I think, will be around then. Yeah, not regular. And will yeah. Seinfeld still be on it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Seinfeld will outlive all of us. Yeah, but on Hulu? Like, are they going to keep it? They spent a lot of money. Well, I don't they know. But the next years. time the rights come up, it could be a different bidding war. Do you think, do you think Bravo's podcast should get involved in that bidding war in like 20, in, uh, 2020? <laughs> the rights to Seinfeld Library? <laughs> wow. That'd be funny. Well, it would be good to pair up with this podcast that we've done. I think the podcast will be hopefully be over by 2020, though. <laughs> we hope so. At least the weekly recap. Then we'll go back and do it again. Oh, my God. That's what like a lot of these lost podcasts do. They just keep like going through it over and over and over again. But Akiva, that being said, I think we may have some new listeners to the show. And we want to sound at least like we know what we're doing. If for anybody who's new to the podcast, and then they'll eventually they'll figure out that we don't. But we are in the midst of a weekly recap of every Seinfeld episode in chronological order. We have been at this for just over one year, and this is the 57th episode that we have recapped together. Uh, yeah, so only uh, 123 more. 123 more. So several more years to go here on the Seinfeld recap podcast. So I'm very excited to have Seinfeld available to mass audiences now as it's available as part of what Hulu has to offer on Hulu Plus. Yeah, because if there's one issue with Seinfeld, it's that it's not available anywhere to be watched. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's always on, but now you can pick which one you get to watch. You don't have to wait for the TV guide to tell you when it's on. That's now right. it's just on whenever. You don't have to wait for the guide. I also... You know, people would email us when we started the show, like, oh, I bought all the DVDs to follow along with you guys. Like, if you actually want to follow along with us, especially if you want to be a week ahead so you could, you know, write us questions and yeah. that sort of thing, uh, you know, you really have to have the DVDs or or you could, you know, there's other nefarious means, I guess, where you can uh, you can find Seinfeld. But now you don't have to, you know, get viruses on your computer and find that sort of thing. No, this is great. It was really hard, especially a couple times early on where before I had the DVDs in my possession, like trying to watch an episode from season two that we're going to talk about. Sometimes it was really hard to find it anywhere. Never again do we have to worry about that. And anybody who wants to follow along with the podcast is able to listen to any episodes. So for instance, today we're talking about season four, episode 17. 
and boom, you could just dial up the Hulu Plus, and there you go. Which I am someone hasn't watched yet. Should they go right now, watch it, and then join us midway through the podcast? I think you'll enjoy it more. (laughs) Are you saying for the people on Periscope? Yes. No. If you're listening, though, I think that you will enjoy all of these if you have recently watched the episode or if you watch it beforehand and then you send us questions. But if you want to be a part of what we're doing from here on out, every week we post one new episode recap and we talk about a lot of other things along the way, somewhat related to whatever we're talking about and a lot of looking at things in 2015 versus how they were in whatever year the Seinfeld episode was recorded. If you want to jump on board, our link in the iTunes store is postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. It is a big help to us anytime you leave us feedback or comments on that page as well at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. This is the Seinfeld postshow recap. Boom. Yeah, five, five stars, baby. Five stars. That's we, right. We do take four. We accept four star ratings. We also would accept four star ratings as well. So there you go. We greatly appreciate that. Akiva, let's jump into it. What is the Seinfeld news happening this week? All right. Well, first of all, I'm not sure if you heard, but Seinfeld is starting on Hulu today. Hulu! Um, and in honor of that, uh, Hulu set up, uh, we discussed last week, some kind of uh, you know, mock version of Jerry's apartment uh, mm-hmm. somewhere in lower Manhattan. Yes. So uh, two funny stories I saw from that. Uh, one is uh, Mashable was very annoyed that... Um, the everything was really uh, correct to uh, you know to you know the uh, the history of the of the apartment except Jerry's computer in the in this uh, Hulu fake apartment is a PC, not a Mac. Oh, really mad about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the guy who uh, noticed is uh, a stickler for detail, I guess. And also the the uh, more shocking news, Rob, is uh, do you know who showed up the first day that this apartment was available? You could you know walk through it. Missy and Baylor, not Missy and Baylor. They didn't just show up. Even uh, even more shocking. Oh, Kenny Kramer. Uh, go one more. Your third guess. You're going to get it. You're very close. Oh, you're soup Nazi. Warmer. The soup Nazi showed up uninvited. <laughs> no invitation for you. Uh, the soup Nazi was in the news a lot this week, Rob. Oh, he was. Oh no. What did he do now? Oh yeah. This can't be well, good. Okay. Well, first, so he shows up. And he was obviously, you know, he, he's never met a reporter he, that he wouldn't be willing to speak That's to. That's right. So he told them that he really should and wanted to be in Curb Your Enthusiasm, which he claims he told Larry David, you know, frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't seen Larry since the finale of Seinfeld, but he would call him or have his agent call him or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, and and he, the Soup Nazi even had a storyline for himself for Curb Your Enthusiasm. And if you know anything about LD... You know that he would he loves unsolicited right. storylines for an unscripted show. <laughs> yeah. All right, congratulations to the Soup Nazi for keeping the name out there. And he was also a few people uh, sent me uh he was in a commercial. So he's still getting paid for being the Soup Nazi. He was in a commercial for I think it was Pepsi Max Israel this week. As uh, the Soup Nazi? Two, as the Soup Nazi. Uh I, I can't really do the commercial justice. I should have sent it to you beforehand, but I didn't want to waste two minutes of your time. It's a long commercial. It's two minutes. Uh, I'll send you the link if you want to post it on the uh, show page. But it is literally the worst commercial you've ever seen in your life. Like you lose your will to leave to live after like 30 seconds. And then like after 90 seconds, it becomes funny. But then it becomes uh, terrible again. I I can't even explain it. Did he even have two minutes of airtime on Seinfeld? 
Uh, I mean, maybe if you combine the Soup Nazi episode and the finale when yeah. he testifies. I, it's so bad uh, that it's almost good, okay. this commercial. All right. Anything else from the Seinfeld news? Yeah. I mean, so as you could expect, I feel like there's going to be a lot of like typical internet. You know, there's going to be people who are like, I watch Seinfeld and it's really chauvinistic or racist or something like that. Sure. You know, those articles are going to be flying around this week. Uh, you know, uh, like the think piece type internet. We may article. touch on that today. Uh, we definitely, yeah, well, this is definitely one of the more interesting episodes for that. Um, you're going to see that. You're probably going to see some intrepid reporter watch like all 180 episodes in a row without sleeping or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but what you're, what's it called? Uh, and you know, and then there'll be com- people complaining about, uh, you know, how dated it is or whatever. So I already saw one of them today. And I think we need to look at it and maybe discuss it more in detail next week. Okay. But because I just it just came out uh, right now. But a uh, reporter for New York Magazine or Vulture, which is part of New York Magazine, ranked uh, the 168 uh, episodes uh, in, in, you know, in well, order. that's your bit. OK, first of all, that's my bit. Yeah. S- second of all, I'll tell you how OCD I am. I was remember, you know, how many episodes I have, Rob? 180. One, well, no, there's 180 of Seinfeld. I rank 169 because I take out the two uh, clip shows, which are two episodes each, and then I, the seven two-parters, I just do once. That's, you know, seven, four, Got 169. It. He had 168. So I figured, oh, maybe he, you know, did something different with the two-parters. But I'm so obsessive about these types of you things. You looked into it. I, I cross-referenced my list with his list. And Rob, I hope no one tweets it to this guy because I want to yell at him on, on Twitter after, but I'm not going to do this while we're podcasting. I just found it. He's missed an episode on his great list. Oh, boy. He missed an episode. So it, it, the, the list is so bad, Rob. You can't even fathom how terrible. I already got like four emails. Like Chester it has steam coming out of his okay. ears. But top five, baby. Give it, give it to me. What's the top five? I don't, even, I don't even want to dignify this list. I feel like we should have him on next week and just yell at him. All right. Well, we will. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be up for that. But uh, th- let me tell you the, the headline for this week, Rob. Okay. Uh, the outing, which I don't want to get into our ratings and how much we liked it just yet, but he had the outing as the second worst episode in Seinfeld history. It seems like there's a uh, political agenda there. Yeah. And, and you want to guess what the worst episode was, according to this genius? The finale. Uh, no, the finale was, I think, third worst. Yeah. You're getting cl- your clothes. That's a good guess. But what do you think? It, think, pol- you know, think political stuff. Uh, what Puerto Rican Day Parade? Yes, sir. Yeah. So there may have been a, an agenda that uh, you know wasn't quality of Seinfeld episode. Okay. All right, Akiva. Before we jump into the episode, I have a new segment I want to try out with you. I'm very excited. Okay. I have with me. I, I have a couple of Seinfeld related memorabilia board games. Uh, I have Seinfeld Monopoly. I also own Seinfeld. Seen it. One time I had a big Seinfeld scene it party at my house. I tried to get a lot of Seinfeld related foods like a uh, some uh, I had uh, shrimp. I had uh, junior mints. I had all sorts of different Seinfeld related things that you can have. And so I bet the ladies were flowing that night. Oh, there was not one woman in sight. <laughs> it was like, you know, 14 bros. I'm shocked. Yes. Anyway, so I have the cards from. Seinfeld seen it. Oh, I cannot believe you're going to put me on the spot with trivia. I thought it'd be fun. One, one question a week. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, you, we want people to listen to our show, not realize like we're a bunch of phonies. I, 
<laughs> you think that'd be fun? And I could either give you the answer. Well, I, I, actually, I was going to say I can give you the answer at the end of the show, but you'll probably Google it because I think you cheat. I'm not going to Google it. I'm going to work on the honor system, Rob. Okay. All right. So here we go. From you'll, Sein- know, I, you'll know I'm working on the honor system when I get it wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Maybe it's well, easy. Let me remind, sorry. Let me remind the Periscope uh, and the podcast listeners. This is not the Seinfeld know-it-alls. This is just two people that like Seinfeld and go back and talk about it. Okay. All right. Keep going. <laughs> All right. After being banned from her nail salon, whom does Elaine meet while crying in the rain? After she's banned from the nail salon. I feel like we're going to lose every listener. Who does Elaine meet while crying in the rain? Uh, Sue Ellen Mischke. I'm sorry, it's Jay Peterman. Jay Peterman. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. That is. All right, you're 0 for 1. I do like the segment because I feel like I'm going to have a Mets-esque streak of <laughs> missing every single week. <laughs> All right. So one, one, one question a week. One question a week. That'll be fun. All right, that's fair. All right, let's get into the outing, of course. Uh, we're talking about this from the season four, episode 17, originally aired on February 11th, 1993. It is one of the most famous episodes of Seinfeld, primarily due to all of the business about the rumors that Jerry and George are gay. And the quote, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's right. And, uh, of course, that quote was... Uh, I, I love how when you when you watch the inside looks like the you know behind the scenes type of stuff, everyone is always clamoring to take credit yeah. for you know every single thing, especially Jason Alexander. But here he doesn't take the credit for it. Everybody's very self congratulatory at all times oh, on the yes. inside look. Yeah, everyone's the hero of their own story. I heard. <laughs> I heard that too. But I guess as you should be when you're filming the DVD extras for everything. I guess you know, at the point that something requires DVD extras, I think that you then talk about how great it was. Yeah, so I think one of the network executives says that he wouldn't let it on the air because it wasn't PC enough. And then Jerry uh, heard Larry Charles, who wrote this episode, um, you know, say something to the extent of not that there's anything wrong with that. And Jerry said, that's it. Put that as a tag to every time we discuss the gay thing. And then it will be palatable to the 1993 progressive audience. Well, the question I think that is going to be the overriding question that we ask about this episode here 22 years later is does not that there's anything wrong with that hold up in terms of something that you should be saying? Well, no, it certainly doesn't hold up in terms of something you should be saying. Yeah. Like in the sense that you can't say that now and get away with it. Right. Right. Like, so for 1993, that was what made it accepted. And I really do wish that we had the perspective of somebody who was gay, especially somebody who was around in 1993 about how they felt about the line. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They say in the DVD extras that they won a GLAAD award. And it seems like overwhelmingly that it was a positive thing at the time, right? Oh, a hundred percent. This was, they were considered very ahead of the time, very progressive. You know, a couple of years later, Ellen uh, came out on her show and that really took it to the next level. But at this time in, uh, in, you know, early to mid hammer time, 1993, <laughs> No, nobody, nobody was doing these types of storylines. Uh, even a few years later, you know, shows weren't daring to deal with it. So just to bring it up, I think they got a lot of props. And even if the, the uh, actual language doesn't hold, I feel like, you know, we've discussed this a lot in season four. Um, you know, it's hard to bring 20, you know, 2015 
uh, expectations to, you know, 1993 situations. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it and let's start off with the outing. And the outing picks up where some previous episodes have discussed about birthdays. And Jerry talks about how birthdays, the best thing that you did was you didn't die for 12 months and more birthday humor. Uh, yeah. And I have, um, he, he talks about how, you know, like, ooh, famous birthdays, you know, secretariat and, uh, which is a good line, like, um, who you share a birthday with. Uh, and I have a list that I put together, Rob, of who you share a birthday with your top five, baby, versus my top five. Oh, you already uh, did this? You like, yes, I, I put together the list today. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Okay. And then uh, I guess, is there anybody left in the Periscope or are they all gone? Uh, we're down to 39. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> by the end of this list, we should be down to zero. But um, uh, he, if, if anyone wants to, they can decide uh, who won the... Uh, the birthday. So Rob, October 20th, according to Wikipedia, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Yes. Mickey Mantle. That's right. John Krasinski. Yes. Tom Petty. Yes. Uh, Jerry Orbach. And I'll throw in one person from history for uh, uh, Jomo Kenyatta. Do you know who he is? <laughs> I do not. Uh, well, he's most famous as uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine's uncle. Okay. And not really. He was he was like an important guy in world history, but he happens to also be the uncle of a guy in Rage Against the Machine. A Seinfeld alum as well in the mix. Keith Hernandez. Uh, 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 Keith Hernandez is your birthday. Yes. Oh, he's not in like the top 50 on this list I was looking at. <laughs> For um, shame. And then the most the most famous person uh, born on the same day, October 20th, 1978, as Rob uh, is. A, I, I guess you could decide who's more famous. Paul Wilson. The bass player from Snow Patrol. Oh, not the pitcher. Not, not the Mets uh, failed prospect. <laughs> Number one overall. And Michael Johns, the finalist from season seven of American Idol. Hmm. Same day as you. It's a good ding, Mary kill. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you're, so Snoop Dogg, Mickey Mantle, John Krasinski, Tom Petty, Jerry Orbach, Jomo Kenyatta. You also had Viggo Mortensen. Oh. Okay. What about you, Akiva? I had probably the worst day of the whole year. <laughs> uh, Serena Williams, number one by a mile. That's oh. good. What's, then what's Jim your birthday? Caviezel, Jim Caviezel. Oh, September 26th. Got it. And 83 is the year. Is, uh, so Serena Williams, Jim Caviezel, Olivia Newton-John, the Seddon twins. They play hockey. I know you don't follow hockey. Amazingly, they were born on the same day, September 26th. Yeah. And uh, Yaniv from Catfish. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And the most famous person born the exact same day, September 26th, 83, as me, uh, Ricardo Quaresma, a Portuguese national soccer player. Okay. Wow. Good job. So I feel like your day destroys my day. You know, it's funny because we kind of did this on one of the other podcasts on the Spice and Hour recently. We talked about the, whether Spencer Pratt or not was had his birthday on the famous birthday list. And uh, when we went through this for me and Tyson and Spencer Pratt, that Tyson shares the birthday with Venus Williams. So you and, and Serena Williams pops up again. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm, are you sure it wasn't with me and you're just mixing up the podcasts again? <laughs> no, it was like two weeks ago. I remember this one. Okay. All right. So let's pick this up with George on the date with Alice. And Alice is a woman who is a rather pathetic woman. She doesn't want to live. By the way, did you watch the premiere of Ballers? I did not. Okay. Anyway. You know why? The reviews were just so bad. I was, I was intending to watch it, but I, I like to give a show like three or four episodes. How was it? It was so-so. It was middling. I did a recap of it with Antonio Mazzara. That's up on postshowrecaps.com. But th there's an opening scene that takes place in a car, and there's a woman in the car who also, uh, you know, she doesn't want to go on living without a guy. Yeah, I, I bet it doesn't end the same way this does not. Ends, it does not. And so 
she doesn't want to live because of him. He says, uh, he's no good. He's bad. Yeah, I mean, I, this, I, this woman, like, we could really do a whole episode. Just like, did they, what was the, what was the, like, the casting description for this lady? Like, <laughs> we want, like, a frumpy, annoying, uh, you know, like, not pretty enough to really be one of, the, like, you know, th- like, you'll know the second you look at her that she's never going to be in a second episode type yeah. of girl. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing about her is that they wanted somebody who looks like they would kill themselves if George broke up with them. Right. Is that, is that what they put in like yes. the casting call? Yes. Who would date George and then threaten to kill themselves? Because <laughs> in the next scene, we see George and Elaine and George is telling the story to Elaine. And in a little bit, it's like, wait, hold on. What's going on? Why is George just out with Elaine? That's very odd. But we find out that Jerry's on the, on the payphone. But Elaine is saying to George, so she threatened to kill herself over you? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. By the way, a rare George and Elaine uh, convo. Um, yeah, I, I, that's like pretty mean now for Elaine to say to George. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they said that she's got a bit of an acid tongue lately. Yeah. I'll tell you what we've, we've actually found that if somebody has nothing to do in the episode, they, they like try and spice it up as much as they can. And Elaine really has almost nothing to do in this episode. Yeah. Her subplot consists of that. She doesn't want to take her jacket off and we never find out why. And, and, and even the main scene of that is cut out. It's a deleted scene where they actually show you that, that. Her not taking the jacket. Yeah, well, she is going to get the ball rolling here in just a minute. So Jerry is supposed to be meeting some reporter from NYU to do an interview. We don't really understand why the woman wants to interview Jerry. Did you get a good sense of why this reporter from NYU wants to interview Jerry? That she's never met him. She really knows nothing about him. Why did she want to interview? Did she just get assigned this at the front desk of the NYU newspaper? It's a little strange for a few reasons, right? First of all, she's a graduate student. I, I'm under the impression that like most college newspapers are for the undergraduates, mm-hmm. right? So that's a little strange. But also, right, why is she interviewing? Like, I guess because like she, Jerry's someone who's like famous enough to be worth an article, but not too famous that he would turn down like a college newspaper. Did Jerry go to NYU in the no, fiction of the show? No, they went to Queens College. They went to Queens College. Okay. In the fiction of the show also? I believe, I believe so, yes. Okay. Maybe that'll be next week's trivia question. But yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Another question to ask Jerry when we get our interview with him of why did the reporter from NYU want to interview him so bad? But they keep disconnecting and he leaves a message for her on the payphone. That payphone gets so much action at Monk's. Yeah, it's expensive. It was, it was, a, it was like the payphone price never really changed. Like, it was always a quarter, basically, as long as we've been around, no? Yes. So that back then, it was actually kind of expensive. Like, if you called and somebody didn't answer, like, that was annoying to waste a quarter. Yeah, I think so. Right. Well, if you got their machine, sure. Yeah. I think if it just rang, I think you got your money back. Oh, really? Oh, payphones were pretty smart. (laughs) I think they were pretty smart. If you didn't get a connection, I think you did get the money back. But anyway, that being said, we find out what George and Elaine are getting Jerry, because it's going to be his birthday, that Elaine is getting him a two-line phone... And George is getting him tickets to see Guys and Dolls. That is a bro date if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. Now, Akiva, do you need a second line at your house to have a two-line phone? Okay, so this is very confusing. Yeah. Because I, I, feel, I feel like to have a two-line phone, you need two phone numbers, right? Right. Like, I don't think you could just unplug, unless Jerry already had two phone numbers and just didn't have a two-line phone. Like, it does seem odd that he's able to just plug in a two-line phone and all of a sudden have the ability. Now, again, maybe that's why it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, maybe this is call waiting or something. I really don't understand. <laughs> Jerry has three-way calling. That's what he has. He tries to have three-way calling in another episode. Yeah, that's, it's that's- a menage a call. 
I think I, the technology here really was not worked out by the uh, the writing staff. It, it doesn't make sense. He uh, he clearly doesn't have a new phone number because like his friend just ins- they just installed the phone right then and there. They didn't like call the phone company and and like surprise him with a second phone number. Mm-hmm. So clearly uh, something's amiss here. Well, definitely. Hold on, I'm writing it down. We're asking LD about this one. Didn't Kramer have the phone guy in his apartment at the end of the episode? Maybe Kramer was working on that. So you're saying he snuck in, but why wouldn't Kramer have mentioned that? I feel like if it didn't happen on the show, isn't that a rule? If it didn't happen on the show, it never happened. Fan fiction. Yeah, this is fan fiction. <laughs> All right. So they get back with Jerry and they start talking about who's the most unattractive world leader. Yeah, it's very good, mean. Uh, it's, it is kind of mean. But again, she's got an acid tongue. You know, she, she wants to roast people today. Yeah. George mentions Lyndon Johnson being ugly. Was Lyndon yeah, Johnson an ugly guy? I, he, he's not like famous for being ugly. Who, who's like the ugliest president? Probably Nixon, right? I was thinking Taft. Hmm. Yeah, there's probably some old ones that are really just like a mess. I guess Lyndon Johnson is not a classically handsome man. And he I, had like a very sharp nose. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you could do way worse. Like if he's our ugliest president, then we're very good looking people. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll never have another ugly president. I, you, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, at this point, ugly presidents are, are not electable. Yeah. Can't be. Right, like, think about the last few presidents. Like, Bill Clinton, very good-looking guy. Yep. Uh, w. Bush, good-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barack Obama, very good-looking guy. You know, it, it, you're right. It's hard. It's, it's, I, think, uh, I think ugly people do not have a chance at winning the presidential election. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. I'd vote for an ugly candidate. You would, you would. Yeah. Would you like specifically vote like as a, as a, like you feel bad for? No, it's not know, that I feel bad. I feel like he's probably a person of substance. Really? Like, oh, he made it this far being ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would be, I think that it's so easy for the really attractive people. I feel like that uh, they probably it's just doing it with smoke and mirrors. Oh man. Oh, should we get, who is the ugliest candidate running right now, Rob? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get political. Yeah. You shouldn't touch that one. <laughs> All right, let's go to Elaine figures out that the girl in the next booth is eavesdropping Akiva. Uh, yeah, so this is this is a little strange because how does she eavesdrop enough to hear what's going on, but not enough to have any clue uh, that this is the person that she's supposed to you know be looking for? That's a good question. What's the craziest thing you ever heard anybody say while eavesdropping? So I, I I mean I'm not sure. Not you heard a person who was eavesdropping talk, but if you overheard something that you shouldn't have heard. Anything? I, no, I don't have any good, nothing off the top of my head. What about you? Uh, I don't know. Nothing that from strangers, I don't think. I mean, you hear like people on the subway say crazy things, but that's usually crazy people. You know, it's not like anything really. In, it's not like gossip or anything newsworthy. Yeah, nothing that salacious. I was eating lunch the other day and with uh, I took uh, my wife and the baby and we were eating pizza and we were overhearing like a very uncomfortable conversation. I think it was probably between like somebody and their new boyfriend and the ex-husband over like giving money for like the kid to go to school and stuff like oh, that. Oh boy, I would have made everyone at the table shut up and listen to that one. That sounds good. It was it was okay. It was okay. Uh, apparently the guy said he was going to give more money and then his business is really not doing good and stuff like that. It was like like okay, that was awkward. <laughs> The best you could do is like a couple that's like literally divorcing at the table next to you, mm-hmm. especially if you're out with your wife, because then it makes you feel so much better about your relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, you see that. That's, guy really, that that's like plan A. If you go out, that's you know you want to you want to run into like the couple that's breaking up. Where do couples that fight go to break up? Yes, not to pizza. It's like it, that's very tacky to break up over pizza. Plus, you want to have a long conversation. You could be done with pizza in like four minutes. Mm, I guess you want to so. go to a restaurant where you could get like a booth and no one can hear you, even though like eventually you're going to raise your voices and everyone's going to hear you. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> so. They think that she's eavesdropping. So Elaine blurts out about what it's like for them to be homosexual. Right. So, right. Elaine is, Elaine is outing them just to get her, the, lady, the two ladies behind them attention. Who's the person she's with? Is that we her never find reporter? out. We never find out. Those oh are her gosh. lackeys, Another her entourage. <laughs> so George goes along with it. And he says, what does George say? You're right. George is playing along and uh, uh, Jerry is really not playing along at all. All right, so George, George says, like, you'll, be, you'll always be the only guy I'll ever love. And Jerry's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And, and you know, George's like, go along with it. And then Jerry has, like, a really interesting line. Yeah. Right? He says, he yeah, says if we that. were in Germany uh, during the Nazi regime that you'd be like, come on, just go with it. But, which is such a Larry Charles line. I feel like he always throws in. This is not the most Larry Charles episode. We always talk about Larry Charles episodes are really, you know, like, over the top wacky. This is not that type of episode. Yeah. So the woman who's eavesdropping, what's her name, Sharon? Uh, Sharon is the reporter, yeah. So she goes to the payphone, and George and Jerry go to the restroom together. Now, George and Jerry seemingly never go to the restroom together in any Seinfeld episode. Are they, are they trying to say something there? I, I is that also trying- part of the smoking gun for, in the yeah, eyes of Sharon? they're trying to throw in as many stereotypes. <laughs> and again, if you have a problem with the episode, I guess what the stereotypes are would be your issue. They're trying to throw in as many stereotypes as possible within like a 20 minute span. Here. <laughs> okay. So we're just calling them out. So they go to the apartment later and George comes in. He's very excited because he has a name for his porno acting career. Kilo. Uh, yeah. Buck naked. Yeah. Have you ever done any of those things where they come up with what your porn star name is? No, my last name is Wienerker. So they would be like, <laughs> Oh, your porn name is Wienerker. <laughs> uh, you're, you're all halfway there. Yeah, it's true. Okay. George wants to know, what does Jerry think about the shirt he's wearing? What did you think about the shirt that George is wearing? It looks like a sweater, right? Yeah, it is a sweater. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little like ugly Christmas sweatery, but it's, it's, the problem is it's a sweater and he thinks it's a shirt. That's my biggest issue. <laughs> yeah, even for Hammer Time, it's an ugly sweater. Yeah, I mean, people like, again, if someone wants to, if people are going to go back now and really nitpick the whole Seinfeld catalog, uh, certainly one of the things they're going to mention are the clothes and uh, this sweater doesn't, you know, doesn't really, uh, uh, you know, defend Seinfeld's case. Here. Yeah, but at least they talk about how it could potentially be ugly and Jerry didn't like it. Like, so at least it's not like in the script, like, oh, George is wearing a nice sweater. Do you think that's in the script? George enters in a really nice sweater. No, just probably George enters in a very ugly sweater. Yeah. So George is asked by Jerry, so how are you going to get out of this one? And George said, I don't know, wait for her to die. Wow, that's very prophetic, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that's his relationship strategy. It doesn't work every time, but when it works, it's great. So Sharon from NYU is going to come up. George is going to stay at the apartment. She comes in, and there's a little bit of, boy, you look very familiar. Yeah, and I'm shocked Jerry can't remember her, because Jerry's got a good memory for these types of things. Especially for the ladies. And it's crazy that Sharon, like, I mean, I guess she puts two and two together right away. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just don't understand how she didn't figure, like, what was Sharon doing? Like, who was she expecting to be at the at Monks, that she's just waiting there and not even going around. Like, are you Jerry Seinfeld? Could you be Jerry Seinfeld? Like, she's not standing, like, waiting for anybody. She's not outside looking for someone. 
She's just sitting with her friend at a booth. Like the, her strategy for finding Jerry was very poor. Yeah, and again, this is a 1993 problem where if you were going to be interviewing some comedian that you knew nothing about, you would think you would Google him, you would have a picture of him, you would know exactly what they look like on their Facebook profile page. Like this episode could never happen again. Uh, no, in 2015, yeah, this is on the list of stuff that's that's not going down in 2015. It could never happen. Both their phones would have to be dead, and even then, a two way phone, right? You could have this happen with like a pocket dial, butt dial. Yeah, no, this is this is really like texting. You know, even if your phone was dead, you know, they each have friends. They could borrow their friend's phone and call or email. It's it doesn't doesn't work. You also like, why don't they say like, I'm going to be wearing a whatever shirt if this is the 90s and like it's hard to find people. Yeah. Down to 28 people on Periscope. <laughs> but does the last person left get a prize? Yes. Yes. OK. It's a war of what attrition. You- OK. So they start talking and Sharon gets introduced to George and she says she would like to talk to him too. And like, oh, okay. Right. So we get more as, as we get further and further along. It's just like these little hints like that are not obvious to Jerry and George, but are obvious to Sharon. Like, oh yeah, these two live together or they're yeah. a couple. George is funny. He says like, oh, I hate the way that my voice sounds on tape. It sounds so high and whiny. Which I guess that's probably not, you know, if I was, uh, really critiquing you know the the stereotypes this probably wouldn't be my favorite one yeah (laughs) i mean we can call them out as stuff that you probably you can't say in 2015 if this is seinfeld definitely not so she asks uh do you guys also work together and they're like what what also yeah jerry is like sort of picking up on it george obviously isn't so jerry is asked by george did you wash this pair it looks like it hasn't been washed now, is that a stereotypical thing that a gay couple argues about? Like, if you wash the pair? I don't think, I think that's more of a stereotypical thing. I don't think it has to do with gay or straight. I think yeah, it's just I that agree. they're a couple, that they're yeah, bickering I, like a couple. That's fair. You hear the way he talks to me? <laughs> <laughs> There's some real spousal abuse going on here. I know. Well, she says then, well, you should hear how my boyfriend talks to me. Yeah, we might have to have, like, a roundtable to, you know, if Jerry and George are really dating to discuss, like, their... They're, they're really some verbal abuse here. Mm-hmm. And again, we get into the stuff with the shirt and Jerry said he doesn't like it. So what if I don't like it? Hey, but Sharon likes the shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. He said it was He's okay. Uh, we get to the story of how Jerry and George met and uh, they met in the gym locker room. That's probably not great. Uh, yeah, this is like the most over the top story, right? That, that George is climbing the ropes. Jerry's spotting him. Is that canon? Like, Have we heard this story before? No. Okay. We've seen them together in the gym locker room in a flashback. Yeah. But we we didn't not we didn't know until now that uh, that that's where they met, where uh, he slipped and fell into Jerry's head. <laughs> so she eventually asked them, "Do you guys live together?" No, he has his own place. And then, do your parents know? <laughs> George says, my parents have no idea what's going on. And <laughs> what then, does George think that she's asking? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And Jerry puts it all together. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You're the coffee shop girl. <laughs> You're the girl from the coffee shop. And she's like, I should be going. It's like, no, no. <laughs> We're not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And George adds, my father is gay. Which is just such a great George lie. <laughs> and George starts asking her, do you want to have sex right now? 
to me, this is like one of the best lines so far in the series. <laughs> you right now? Like, he, cause also it's like, it works both ways. Like he's seizing an opportunity where like in his mind, he's throwing it out there and it's like a 5% chance. She's going to test them and say yes. Mm-hmm. But he's also not going to have any problems with like, even if she like reports that in the story, that just makes him look straight. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like, uh, it, and it's just so funny. And he says, uh, come on, let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's really it's really really funny not recommended though as a strategy to pick up the ladies no (laughs) so kramer ends up coming in and he thought they were all going to take a steam he doesn't want to be there naked all by himself yeah yeah and at this point she's long gone she's gone boom elaine wants to know if she should talk to sharon yeah when elaine comes in i think you know the situations get solved immediately she can take care of anything in two seconds (laughs) has this worked yet where elaine goes and talks to whatever woman is upset i mean she helped out with the revenge right in slipping the mickey Mm -hmm. so she was she had i don't know if that ended up positively but she certainly was willing to help there but then last week last week she came and helped right she got them the pilot back i guess she was helpful with the virgin yeah but what what about last week with the shoe that was helpful that was that was very good we'll give her an a for that yeah (laughs) okay so Kramer comes in with the president. He also has a two-line phone. Boy, Jerry must have really been going on and on about this two-line phone. Uh, yeah, I, I do love that that was like the hot technology. Like, I guess now it would be like an Apple Watch or something. Everyone, everyone would be getting him an Apple Watch. Yeah, that's like, a nice birthday just, gift. Just 22 years ago, a two-line phone, that was the thing. Yeah. And <laughs> Jerry ends up getting a phone call uh, from Sharon from NYU. And now he's got the two-line phone plugged in. And she says she's not going to play up that angle of the story. By the way, Jerry's phone rings a lot. Yeah, well, now you know why he needs a two-line phone. Yeah, he really, he might need a third line before he might, all said that. Yeah, going on and on and on. It's like uh, Grand Central Station over there. He, he gets three calls, basically, in the span of two minutes. Yeah. And so Jerry puts her on hold. Is that a questionable move? Like, shouldn't Jerry have just been like, oh, okay, great. Let me call you back. Why put her on hold? hold for the last five seconds of this conversation i mean also she's the priority so he should be finishing up with sharon uh and then dealing with whoever's calling whether it's george or kramer or his mom or anybody or maybe oh nbc is about to call me i gotta get this phone call because uh it's really important yeah but maybe he doesn't have her number he doesn't have time to like write down the number and then i guess he does have her number but i i yeah it's a bad move not that he has any reason to expect that putting her on hold is going to ruin his blow up his whole plan but it's uh you know it's still a weird move. So sarcastically, he answers the phone to George. So she's not going to play up the article. I guess we fooled her that she thinks we're uh, straight. Uh, yeah, and it's so weird that he's you know that they're like playing along here, but uh, you know that's what happens. Well, I, I when uh, when I was a teacher, they would have. I think I told this in one of the first episodes. They they would have like this guru come in and like the main thing for orientation for the teachers that he would tell every teacher is never be sarcastic. Sarcasm is a weapon of the weak. Oh no. So yeah. So Je- <laughs> that makes funny sense. Yeah. Because you want to be like straight on the up and up with your students. You don't want to like, you don't want to like speak in negatives and, and like be joking. You want to be serious with them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's why I'm not teaching. Anymore. And I'm very sarcastic. So you think you'd be a bad teacher? Mm, I don't I know. I think you'd be a good teacher actually. We'll see. I guess it would depend on what the subject was. We'll see. Like, is that is that in your future plans? Uh, well, once this whole podcast thing crashes and burns, maybe I can like start podcast teaching. 
Um, I th- is that what you teach you? I, I feel like you would be you'd be like a history teacher. A history teacher, like what? Yeah, I, I could see you as a history teacher. Okay. Right. History. Today we're going to learn about who the ugliest leader in history. Is. <laughs> yeah. There will never be another unattractive president, and that's messed up. All right. So yeah, <laughs> we should not discriminate against the ugly. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So let's go to Jerry on the phone that he comes back from talking to George and there's no answer. No Sharon. Where is she? She, she, hung so up. she heard the thing and she had to like write her new headline so quickly that she had to hang up and not say, by the way, I heard that or just pretend not to hear it. Yeah. By the way, like if you were eavesdropping on somebody and they started talking about you, like, would you hang up immediately? No, the last thing I would do would be hang up. Yeah. So she hangs up. She's not there. George's like, you know, I could hear you on the other line. Uh, yeah. And at this point, you know, like, I mean, that's got to be your worst nightmare, right? Yeah. So they call Kramer and he says, uh, there may be a problem with the phone. And then he comes back to George and George says, there may be a problem with the phone. <laughs> and then Jerry says, uh, oh, no, now she heard everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's very fun. And now she thinks we're gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Some real physical comedy by Jerry here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's funny when he's going back and forth on the phone. So. Let's go see Elaine with Sharon. Elaine's going to go fix everything, but she won't take her coat off. Right. So they really, this was like a two minute scene that they cut into about four seconds. Mercifully. In the thing, they like wrestle over like her taking her coat off. Yeah. Nothing to see here. This was fine. Yeah. The deleted scenes, as we always say, are deleted for a reason. 99% of the time. Yeah. I do think in general, you could make a case for this this episode more than almost any other episode we've seen so far um, for it to be a little bit longer. Like if we established, you know, like maybe we saw Jerry's parents a little more, uh, you know, meet George's dad. Like there was a lot of things they could have done. Like we could have lived with them being this out couple for like an extra few minutes at least. Mm-hmm. Like if this was a double episode or like a curb length 30 minute episode, you know, but yeah. what are you going to do? I have no problems with the episode. I feel like it's very, it's leave them wanting more. I feel like. Okay. So you're, you're, you're fine with the length of the episode. I'm fine with it. I think that there could that, have been LB's more. specialty is his length. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like in the it's like in the pilot or one of the first episodes of Caribbean Enthusiasm. Like he asks, like, "Oh, you saw my movie? Whatever that movie that he I forget the name of it now. The one movie Larry made. Yeah, not the HBO movie, like uh, movie in like the early nineties. And she's like, "Yeah, it was the perfect length." That was her only compliment for the movie. There you go. So when Elaine is with Sharon, she says, "Take off the coat." Seinfeld is really good sometimes where they get to show you the start of the scene. And then come back to it, and then you totally know how it went, and it was funnier than it, like it was if you would have seen it. And I think that's what they do here with the coat. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we don't need to. You know, they can they can tell a lot of times without showing, and also you could cut out like the the you know and make it seem like it's been going on for a long time by cutting away and then coming back to it. Yeah, and George says, you know, there are tribes in Indonesia that go to war over somebody not taking off a coat. I feel like if I was Indonesian, I would be a little offended by that. Yeah. Is it warm in Indonesia or is it cold in Indonesia? I thought it was hot there. Yeah, I think it is warm. And also, like, that's probably a made-up fact. I'm not, <laughs> not so sure I would like that. that. Apologies to the Indonesian people. They yeah. could protest, you know, them and the Puerto Rican Day Parade people could protest these two episodes together. And they'll, they'll never be aired again. Okay. Anyway, so for Elaine, she's not able to uh, make anything happen with Sharon. Uh, no, I, I, she said she, she said she's 100%. She works, but uh, clearly this is her first ever miss. <laughs> All right. So we are going to the opening of the presents. And <laughs> happy birthday, Jerry. Got two tickets to Guys and Dolls. 
There's also this weird thing where when Kramer gives him the birthday present, he said it's not his birthday. Yeah. Right, and then that's never explained. Like, is it his birthday? I don't know. I think maybe Jerry's joking. Oh. I don't know. It's, he's very deadpan. You're right. He's like, I think I would know if it's my birthday. It's like, maybe it is my birthday. Or maybe, maybe like, that's the point with the opening monologue. Like, he doesn't even care when his birthday is. He's so anti-birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so two tickets to Guys and Dolls. Jerry says, isn't that a lavish Broadway musical? It's actually the only Broadway musical I can remember seeing. Oh, wow. I think my grandma, my grandparents took me to it when I was like nine. Yeah. George responds. <laughs> That's a good line. Look, be a lady tonight. That's what I remember. <laughs> he says, it's not guys and guys. Yeah, that's a great line. And then Elaine gives Jerry his present. He goes from the two-line phone to the collective works of Bette Midler, the first Bette Midler sighting in Seinfeld. Yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, is, like, is there a 1% chance that Jerry likes this present, you know, would, would have any interest? Like, what, what you know, uh, what led Elaine to believe that he would be interested in Bette Midler stuff? <laughs> well, I think that now we're just shoehorning in things for the jokes here. Yeah, and was this, are these like tapes? It's not CDs CDs, yet, it was right? a CD. Oh, they were CDs? Yeah, you used to get a CD in that big, in that big box. Yeah. Like um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Bette Midler, I hope she kept the receipt. I feel like this is getting returned. <laughs> All right. And so two guys are pointing at Jerry, and it turns out that the New York Post has picked up the article because the AP picked up the NYU story. Uh, that was fast. Like, this can only be at most like the next day, right? Yeah, I mean, this is almost like a 2015 <laughs> speed of news. Like, this got published on a blog, and now the story has gone viral. Yeah, but the, the, po- like, the post is still print. It would be like three days late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Jerry says, I'm outed. I wasn't even in. Not there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong with that. So the article goes on to say, within the confines of his fastidious bachelor pad, and talks about how Jerry and George were bickering, and here comes Kramer, who's upset that nobody told him. Yeah, I mean, I do like that Kramer will believe anything you tell him. Mm-hmm. So he, like, immediately sides with the media over, you know, yeah. his friends. Well, this was funny from the episode where they said that George and Jerry were Nazis, and he was very quick to believe that also. So if he's buying that they're Nazis, I think that he could definitely see that they're gay. And so they're gay Nazis. <laughs> he, anything anybody tells them. that he, Somebody could print that they're aliens, and Kramer's like, what? You know oh, how much I, I love interstellar space? Yeah, Kramer definitely is one of those big alien believers. Yes. So anything you told Kramer about these two guys, that he would buy it. And he says, uh, the masquerade is over. Yeah, but I did like, you know, we didn't mention before, but when, uh, oh, I, oh, I guess now, I guess he says this right now, where, where, he, where uh, you know, he says, like, I should have known you because you're thin, you're clean, you're single, in your late 30s. And then when Jerry says to him, so are you. Yeah. Well, I think great they- is Kramer's reaction. I think they take the word neat out with Kramer. I think that they say you're thin, single in your thirties to Kramer. And then he, Jerry says, uh, so are you. And then that blows Kramer's mind. But Jerry in the coffee shop with Elaine calls it thin, single and neat. No mention of age with Elaine. Right. Cause I guess like that's just, compa- that's just, you know, something to compare them to. Yes. Cause Kramer, you can't say neat with Kramer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They take that out and put in your thirties. All right, so George answers the phone and it's Mrs. Seinfeld. And she says, Oh my God. Yeah, right. We haven't seen her. We haven't seen Mrs. Seinfeld in a while. Hello, Helen. Not since the beginning of the fourth season. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, we see we see Estelle soon. Still never seen Jerry Stiller. That's right. 
he has not appeared yet in the show. And so she's very upset. And Jerry's dad is saying that it's because Jerry's mom made him wear culottes. I don't even know what culottes are. Yeah, the only time I've ever heard of them is, you know, the many times I've seen this episode. But I, I do like that uh, Mrs. Seinfeld is still like sophisticated enough to do the not that there's anything wrong with that. Because like a lot of moms back then or grandmas would not have done that, right? Yes. According to Google, culottes are women's knee-length trousers cut with very full legs to resemble a skirt. Well, she bought them in the girls' department. We know that. (laughs) Yes. She didn't know. She didn't know. And I don't think that Mr. Seinfeld, Morty Seinfeld, does not seem to be an authority on why people are gay. Uh, You don't say. (laughs) He should not be teaching any sort of course in political correctness. Uh, yeah. I, 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 is that what you would teach if you were in high school teacher, like political correctness? Is that even a class? I don't know. Probably. I think that's like a mm-hmm. college professor. I mean, could you think you could major in like political correctness? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But if you rank the Seinfeld episodes, though, I think then you could write for Vulture. I, 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 I do you think that could be like a college class. What's that? Ranking the Seinfeld episodes? No, just like something, you know, like just uh, like, re, you know, we watch the entire series of Seinfeld and we like talk about every episode. <laughs> okay, sure. That's what they call uh, an easy A, right? <laughs> that we'd give easy A's? Like if Max Dawson can teach a class about Survivor, uh, you know. Yeah, and- you'd have to find some school that's like looking to make headlines. And it'd be like Seinfeld, like uh, how Seinfeld teaches political science or something like that. Like I think there was somebody that was doing something like that about like um, teaching finance or teaching economics through Seinfeld. Oh, I'm sure there have been Seinfeld related classes, but we're not going to like, edu- you know, we're not going to like college it up here. We're like, this is straight up. We're watching okay, every so episode is, of Seinfeld. Yeah, this is like if you're like some comm major, we're just going to call it like history of Seinfeld. Yeah, it's, it's history of Seinfeld. We're just watching every episode. You're being tested. Like the tests are like trivia questions and like more like, uh, you know, in, you have to give insight and stuff. Like how does this compare? And, you know, name 15 scenarios that would not have worked in uh, 2015. Question number eight. After being banned from her nail salon, whom does Elaine meet while crying in the rain? Well, now I know it's Jay Peterman. But I do think. What, what, what was the game you called? You failed. Like, what do you say that game? You failed. What was, the, what was the game called? Seinfeld Cena. What? It's not. It's not Jay Peterman. It is Jay Peterman. You failed what earlier. Said Jay Peterman. Yeah. Oh, I did fail earlier. Where? Where is the? Uh, what was the name of the game? The the game that brought all the ladies to your house? The Seinfeld game? Oh, <laughs> Seinfeld seen it. Oh, seen it. Could we just play seen it like in the college class? Sure. The sure. Whole, the whole like a whole period or two. I think so. And like the dean walks in and we're just like watching the contest episode. Yeah. Is this taking place on community? This this entire class and the dean coming in. I've never seen community. I really? Yeah, I guess the dean. No. I mean, I saw oh, a couple surprises episodes. Surprises me. Like, yeah, I don't watch a lot of network sitcoms. I know we're talking about a network sitcom, but in the post-Seinfeld era, I, I really just watched The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah, I, could, I, th- I still never watched the one episode of Big Bang Theory and the Goldbergs that I said I was going to watch. Yeah, but I mean, that you're such a Parks and Rec fan. I can't believe that you didn't watch the show that was on like in the same like <laughs> half an hour after it for a bunch of, for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't love Chevy Chase. I don't lo- like there were a couple of guys in there I really didn't care for. I gave the first couple of episodes. I know people love it. But uh, I don't know. It just didn't connect to me. I mean, I, Joel McHale's fine yeah. on the soup, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why it didn't do it for me. 
I'm not goo goo gaga for it. And I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I feel like it's just okay. I feel like it was really good for a couple of years and I felt like it's got, it's lost its way a little bit. Oh, it's, what is it on now? Yahoo? Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. It's a good sign that maybe you lost your way if you're. How the mighty have fallen. Show ended up on Yahoo. Imagine if Seinfeld was on like, uh, you know, like Grantland.com or, or something. Hulu. <laughs> or, well, like the actual Seinfeld. <laughs> How yeah. much would Hulu have had to pay? Like ballpark to get to get the big four plus Larry writing for them back <laughs> to, to make new episodes. There's not yeah, enough to make money. to make like ten new episodes. There's not enough Hulu. money. They wouldn't. I mean, listen, it. Jason Alexander's saying yes to a very small sum, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, Michael I don't think... Richards is saying yes, like to intern. Okay. You can get Julia. Not I right know now. You'll pay her, but you can get Julia. So not right how now. Much not like it has to work out with V, but you can, you, there is an amount like she's not going to be the one to turn it down. I feel like she wants to be part of the team. I guess the question so. is how much are you giving Jerry and Larry? For yeah, I don't even that? think that this is an exercise in, in futility, but I mean, we're talking to like, you know, $10 trillion. Do you think a hundred million dollars for 10 episodes each? They say no. I, I just don't, if you have more money than you could spend in a lifetime, what's more money doing for it? Oh, well, I guess you've never had more money than you could spend a lifetime. That's you always right. want more than that. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm saying like I have. Uh, no, I, I feel like those types of people, uh, you could always want more money. Okay. All right. Well, let's, show, let's get back into this because we got a lot of ground to, to make up. Yeah. So after George gets the phone call from <laughs> Jerry's mom, he realizes, my mother! And he runs out of the apartment. Yeah, so we see the phone. I, no, actually, we see him talk about it more in the deleted scenes. But yeah, so the, the, the scene with, with her is a wonderful scene, no? Yeah, it's fantastic because it's a callback to back in the contest where she was in the hospital and it's basically like a shot for shot remake. But instead of with two women, it's two guys that are in the adjoining bed. Now, is that a bad job on the hospital that Estelle and like some random young guy are sharing a hospital room? I didn't know there were rules. It has to be like an old lady with an old lady and a, like a young dude with another dude. I, it, is it gen- maybe it is supposed to be gender? Like I'm men pretty with sure men you're women. supposed. To, yeah, they don't want to. Yeah, like, you're probably right. I, now that I think about it, but listen, is that our biggest problem here? No, no. And so but it's I, so I great. Think it is so great, and also just like the idea. It, maybe we take it for granted now. Like any show, even the dumbest show, could do this now. Um, but like back then, for a show to be calling itself back perfectly like this you know, to an episode that happened a month or two or three ago is really unbelievable. Yeah, it's fantastic. Everything is so great. 6.30, time for your sponge bath. The water is nice and warm. And there's also a funny scene where, or funny line where she says, I don't even know what you're doing. Maybe you're making porno films. And George says, yeah, I'm buck naked. Right, and then did you see the, uh, the inside look where yes. she's not available? Yes. And they have... They have Fran Drescher uh, reading the, for the role of uh, Mrs. Costanza. Yeah, very funny. And I just really loved it. I, I mean, I don't, we don't need to say every single line from this, but I really love that they did this. It's one of my favorite things in this episode. Yeah, it's a great scene, great callback. Good job, guys. <laughs> All right. So Jerry is in the diner with Elaine and George, and they're talking about going to dinner before Guys and Dolls. And Jerry is saying, you know what? You go to Guys and Dolls. I don't want any part of it. And a armed forces soldier comes over. Yeah, is he like a SEAL? What is he? Like a, I'm not uh, sure. That's why I said armed forces. I don't oh, know yeah, okay. what, what division he's in. 
Now, again, this is 1993. We're at the height of talking, don't ask, don't tell. And so he was so inspired by the news of Jerry that he's going to tell. Yeah, I mean, he's, Jerry is so brave that, uh, you know, that, uh, right, he's brought, he's brought the soldier to, even though he can be discharged. Yeah. How about that? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, it is an interesting scene because what, what are they doing with this scene? They're trying to get the audience to sort of like be behind, you know, like I think this is their way of saying actually like, you know, this is how like acceptable it is. Even if we're joking about being gay, like, you know, it's if they're inspiring other people, like it's, uh, you know, this episode had a positive, you know, they're trying to show that this episode has a positive effect. Is that what they're doing? Because I feel like that these these shenanigans have just caused this guy to is going to end up being discharged but if he's happy then i guess then it's a net positive of what happens that's how i always read it but i'm not sure yeah now we'll ask jerry when we speak to him yeah we'll ask jerry about that this next part that happens though this is a bit of a head scratcher for me so jerry and george start arguing and the guy who runs monks comes over and tells them that if they can't keep it down they're going to have to be thrown out yeah, and Monks has like new managers a lot of times. This guy, we see him again a bunch of times, but this is the first time we're seeing this like big manager. Yeah, he comes over and he's like somewhat menacing to Jerry and George. What is the show trying to tell us here? I don't know. Did he read the New York Post article and he's being homophobic? Like, I'm not sure. I, that's what I got from it. What do you think? Yeah, otherwise, the otherwise the whole thing makes no sense. <laughs> Are Jerry and George victims of homophobia? Oh my gosh, this manager, he should be fired. I mean, know, and we know, already know this place discriminates against non-busty waitresses, right? So, How many is, uh, times in the history of Seinfeld have Jerry and George carried on in monks they never spoken to before, right? Uh, not yet. I believe it happens again. But uh, yeah, this guy, I don't know. I don't know about this manager. Yeah, he comes over and says, hey, if you guys can't control yourself, I'm going to ask you guys to leave. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's a little, the scene's a little out of place. It's the other, it's an, an otherwise almost perfect episode. This scene is a little weird. So they want to know, does Alice see the article? What's she going to think? Oh, and George thinks that this is his ticket out. So we go to the car with George and Alice and she reads the article and she's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if reading comprehension, even the New York Post is really her, her forte. And George says, can't you see I'm gay? extraordinarily gay he says i'm very very gay steeped in gayness steeped in gayness hmm yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know if steeped in gayness is uh, is okay i don't think that's gonna be our hashtag for this episode <laughs> no, i don't know <laughs> all right so they're gonna go ask jerry and then we go to jerry at his house and here he is now he's making out with this reporter yeah so this is what i mean when it's like uh i mean this episode is a little bit rushed like you almost wanted like one scene in between this. Like they went from, you know, her like ruining Jerry's life, quote unquote, to, you know, um, you know, them making out on the couch immediately. Uh, but listen, Jerry's got some games, so I guess it's realistic. Yeah. I don't know how this went. I guess basically he pulled off what George was trying to do of like, hey, well, let's have sex right now. Come on, baby. <laughs> I'll prove it to you. Yeah. And also she realizes, I don't know how she realized just because. Like, is the makeout really, like, what sold her? Because she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. How can I ever make it up to you? Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know what he did to prove it to her. Mm, I don't know. She was attracted to him, though. I guess. Well, he said, uh, he says, you, you remind me of Lois Lane, which is interesting because in the two weeks' time, we're going to see the real Lois Lane uh, dating Jerry. <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. A premonition, another premonition. It's going to be spectacular. So George bursts in with Alice and he's like, my God, Jerry, what are you doing? Uh, Yeah, so George is great here, right? (laughs) He's like, what are you doing here? And he's he's like, I trusted you. How could you do this? (laughs) And ultimately he chases Sharon away. Yeah, so Sharon is just freaked out, which, I mean, he convinced her enough to, you know, to like that, she, that they were faking, but I don't know why this one puts her over the top and she's out of there. I don't know. It's, again, it's such a mixed signal. We were joking, we're not joking, we're joking, we're not joking. And so finally she runs for it and Jerry's just screaming down the hallway. I like any time that Jerry is yelling down the hall and he's like, it's not true. It's not a lot true. Of Jerry. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You could probably make like a 20-minute YouTube montage of just Jerry yelling down the hall to like random people. Okay. George comes clean. He says, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not gay. My name's Buck Naked. I'm a porno actor. (laughs) And Allison's really into him. Yeah. And she's like, really? (laughs) All right. And now here's, here's Kramer. And he comes in with like a hot guy. I thought it was like the nurse from the hospital. Yeah, I think it's right. At first, there's like, wait, is that the Marine guy? Is that like the nurse? But I think it's just random dude. He's just a random guy. And he's going in Kramer's apartment. He comes out. He's the phone man. Not that there's what anything wrong think? with that. Which is, I mean, I guess it's funny. Like it ties together, but it, it maybe isn't the perfect way to end like a classic episode. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I feel like that's whatever ends up happening in the episode. I feel like we end up always like Kramer is sort of giving us back whatever else is happening in the episode. I feel like that's a common thing the show goes to. So they're talking about all the stuff of who's gay and then Kramer being with a guy at the end of the episode. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, it works. I'm into it. I, I like it. I like it. Jerry's final closing comedy is talking about how they talk about how a guy who is gay is typically thin, single, and neat because you don't see a lot of gay guys who are fat, messy, and married. Uh, that's. I mean, I, I, is that correct? I don't think so. But, I mean, uh, I would think that the majority of gay people are not fat, sloppy, and married to a woman. I well, certainly not the plural. Well, yeah, not married to a woman. That's fair. That's, yeah, that's they, the part that really, I think that the majority, and who knows? You never, you don't know, Akifa. Not there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong with that. I, I feel like that. Or just dad is gay. Yeah. I think that most gay people are not married to women. There are probably many gay people that are married to women. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So let's put this episode into uh, into place and into perspective and all all of those things because this was a big a big episode. Yeah, definitely one of the more memorable episodes. It's actually it's got a nine point three on IMDb, which is a, the second or third highest of uh, the whole series. It's a very funny episode. I agree that I don't think it holds up in terms of the things that they're saying because I feel like it is wrong in 2015 to even have to say not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, yeah, of course. You would never have to say it now. They also say like sexual preference in there. I think nowadays you say or sexual orientation. It's not considered a preference. So that would be yeah. uh, you know, out of date. But But in general... The fact that it won a Glad Award, the fact that it was not controversial at all, at least maybe from like monsters, it was controversial. Like people were like, I don't want you talking about gay people at all until, you know, but 
in right. terms of actually progressive people, uh, it wasn't controversial. I think it again, it's very hard to view uh, 1993 stuff with 2015 morals and and guidelines. So yeah. I, I think that it's really no complaints. There. It, was, it actually holds up better than a lot of epi- other episodes we've gone through recently. Yeah, it was probably a positive step along the way for 1993. You think this was like this was this episode was like the the like biggest thing? Like, did this lead straight to gay marriage 20 years later? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think this? so. But you know what? I do feel like an interesting parallel because we have so much talk about people that are transgender right now. And I feel like it would not be uncommon to hear somebody talk about like a Caitlyn Jenner and say like, well, okay, so, uh, so you hear Bruce Jenner is uh, going to be uh, Caitlyn Jenner now. Bruce Jenner is transgender. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. I almost feel like that 20 some odd years later, I feel like the same way a lot of people might talk about the stuff about people being gay in 1993, I think there's an interesting parallel to where things for a lot of people are with talking about a transgender person in 2015. That's good. I mean, actually, maybe, and maybe now we're even ahead, but maybe like six months ago. Yeah. That's where we work on. Well, I think we're, we're working ourselves. I think that things are accelerating much, much faster. I think that people are getting educated at a very fast rate on this. But I do think that for many people, the first time they're hearing anything about transgender, I think that the, not that there's anything wrong with that was probably said more than once talking about this subject. Uh, That's a very fair point. Yeah. All right, Akiva, we talked about how in 2015, you would not have a reporter talking to Jerry in a way where she didn't know what he looked like. This would probably be on some sort of a blog or a website. Again, of course, if there was a rumor that Jerry was gay, I think it would kind of be more in the neighborhood of like, who cares? Like if it came out now like, oh, be, yeah, yeah, like, uh, oh, Nick Kroll is gay or something like that. Would that right. be uh, like a, a big, a big thing going on? Like would anybody, would people care that much? Amy Poehler would care. <laughs> yeah. Like if it just came out like, oh, here's some John Mulaney is gay. No, nobody would care. Nobody would care. Like, oh, okay. now, everyone would just say he's trying to copy Jerry if it was Mulaney. <laughs> but, you know, I, of course, nobody would care. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, rustle or ruffle any feathers. I always mm-hmm. forget which one it is. I, I do think, um, you know, I, well, let's say uh, in the fake world of Seinfeld 1993, let's yeah. say Jerry is gay. Does that cost him a sitcom pilot right there? I don't know. I'm sure it would be on a case-by-case basis, but probably if, like, that's what it was about. Like, I I don't, again, I don't know enough about what was going on in 1993. I'm sure that there were people who worked in television who were openly gay in the 90s. I I don't know exactly if there was a star of a TV show who who was openly gay in 1993. I suspect that probably would have been a lot for people to handle, but... I, I have no idea. I'm not qualified enough to to answer that question. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not. We're talking again. We're talking about a a fake show. Mm-hmm. This is a show talking about a fake show, and now we're analyzing what would happen yeah. to their fake show on the fake show. But I think it's interesting that out. that angle was not even explored in the episode. And again, it's not a funny angle of the story. But at no point does anybody from NBC get contacting them and anything like that. Like the big story of the season is this pilot and nobody from NBC has any mention in this episode. Uh, yeah, I think what we've, what we've said is like these episodes are either like all about NBC or not at all about NBC, depending on the week. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Akiva, where did you rank this episode? 
Um, uh, while I open up my rings, I do think, uh, tell me where, if you can say off the top of your head, where you have this of the episodes we've done so far. Of season four? Or in general. I mean, you have the contest or this? Well, the contest is better than this. The boyfriend or this? The Keith Hernandez. I think that this is better than the boyfriend. The bubble boy or this? The, this. Yeah, you didn't love the bubble boy. Um, so is this your number two episode? You like this better than the pony remark, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely better than I'm, the pony I'm just remark. like naming the pick. You like this better than the pick? Yeah, it's better than the pick. All right, so this is your number two episode so far after the contest. I'm just naming episodes that you really like, so you don't have a firm rank. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's maybe some, if there's another one that I might have liked more than this. I don't think anything, not the Chinese restaurant, not the subway. I don't think you, there was anything you had that high. Yeah. So nothing um, else from season four? No, there's nothing else. Uh, nothing else. The Virgin. I don't, you didn't have that anywhere near. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I have the outing, uh, our, my fifth highest episode so far at number 15 overall. Okay, good. There you go. All right. How many people are left with us, Rob? 22. Oh, boy. Thank you guys for sticking this out. 22. Hanging tough. Hanging how tough. Many, how many do you have at this point on a Tyson episode? Just spice them, just to make me feel bad. It depends. It depends. Usually we we start a little higher and we have a little a little bit more. All right, don't true believers. Don't tell. Don't true. tell me the number. Okay, let's take some questions. Of course, every week we answer your questions. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. We talk about last week's episode. We talk about the episode that just came up. This is from Stephanie Stephanie B. <laughs> she says. I think that George's booyabase comment in the shoes was, as you said, an example of his poor social skills. It is a recurring theme throughout the show that he will throw random things into a conversation for the sake of participating in the conversation, even if they are lies. Another example of this is that I can think of in this next upcoming episode, The Outing, when Jerry and George realize that Sharon, (laughs) the reporter, (laughs) thinks that they're gay. Jerry says, I have many gay friends. And George says, my father is gay, which is obviously not the case. I'm sure there are other examples of that that are slipping my mind, but I think where the bouillabaisse comment came from is that he's actually not aware uh, that the restaurant is using the bouillabaisse as a toilet. What do you think? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I, we mentioned this a lot last week, but that whole comment is just so out of place. It's it can only just be about George's bad social skills. Yes. All right. Johnny DiSilvero says, uh, Robin Akiva. To try to answer the question Akiva mentioned for me last week, do you remember what question you asked Johnny DiSilvera on the podcast? Yeah, I think I asked him about, because we were talking about uh, like airports and where you get food and that sort of thing, right? <laughs> so he says, JetBlue doesn't have a Vancouver hub. In addition, from what I hear, fast food chains buy space post-security at Vancouver International. I don't fly often enough to know more. So sorry about that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah good job, Johnny. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Listen, he can't know everything. He knows most things. Okay. So we have uh, a question from John Adisavera. He says, uh, what is the proper way for George and Jerry to discuss things over the phone? Of course, not knowing Sharon was listening to the conversation. Well, I think that's hard to micromanage and Monday morning quarterback their phone conversation. Yeah, I was about to say, we're Monday morning quarterback, like this fake 22-year-old phone conversation. Like, I feel like uh, you know, there's no way of knowing that somebody else is on the other one. I do think maybe because I saw this episode, I would always have a little bit of fear when I was on like line one, when we had like two lines in my house growing up, mm-hmm. uh, that the other person could hear what I was saying. I do remember having that fear. Like I wouldn't have said anything really bad probably after seeing this episode about like the, the person on call waiting or whatever on the other line. Amir writes in to say, that was such a wonderful episode all around. So much that felt like the seeds of this episode have sprouted in other Seinfeld plot lines. 
says, George, hating his voice on tape here, comes back with his disgust of the risk management book on tape he receives. Yeah. All right, so it's not just him hating his voice as a gay thing. That's a good point. <laughs> George's girlfriend here is a watered-down version of Mara, who refuses George's breakup. Yeah, she's terrible also. That's true. Kramer buying a cheap two-line phone line is right there with his purchase of the Willard tip calculator. Uh, is that is that did Kramer just buy like the bottom of the line two-line phone? Is that I think what this happened? was like a Bob Sacamano two-line phone? Yeah, I think you're right. Bob Sa- like the condom factory had a few extra phone lines, you know, lying around and he gave him one. The love of Bette Midler eventually re- leads to a storyline of her starring role in Rochelle Rochelle and Pineapple that's, Ice. That's right. And then the opening anti-birthday stand-up comes back with Elaine's hatred of birthdays at the office. Yeah. All right. That's very good. And we, happy we, birthday. We gotta, no such thing. I feel like we should be asking Amir these, que- these trivia questions. Yeah, I bet he'd get them right. Yeah. Maybe he should teach the class. Would they let both of us teach, like me and you? I've, I've never heard of a college class that had, like, two co-teachers. Like, maybe if there's a guy who's really busy, they'll have, like... A TA. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But, like, will they? do you think they would pay us each the full salary, or would we have to split it? I think you split it, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it's worth our time, then. Okay. <laughs> and finally, Chester says, So Sharon has a boyfriend. A couple of days later, she's making out with Jerry. Hey, but at least 37-year-old Jerry has upgraded from 15-year-olds to college girls. Oh, come on, Chester. Too oh, soon. Too soon, Chester. Too, too soon. soon. Chester wants to know, why is an NYU reporter writing an article about a comedian she knows nothing about? And wouldn't it be pretty basic part of her research to go see a show of his? It was a different time. You can't Google him. Like, how do you even find out where Jerry's... Let, let's, let's be realistic for a second, Rob. You want to see you know, Jerry Seinfeld, before he's famous, in the early 90s, play stand-up, right? Do stand-up. The only way I can think of finding that out is, like, calling, you know, the comedy seller in the Laugh Factory and, you know, Chuckle Hut and asking them, like, when's the next time Jerry Seinfeld's going to be there? Like, there's no way to Google. You're not looking on Jerry's Twitter, on his Tumblr page, and seeing when he's playing, right? It's a lot easier said than done back then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah, we live in much better times. Like really the one thing this podcast has taught us, I feel like how lucky we're blessed we are. To, be, to be alive right now. How lucky we are. Yeah. And then finally, Chester wants to say, why is the phone man coming by so late at night? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you know, it's probably one of those things like we're going to be there between 10 and two and now they're just showing up at 11 PM. There you go. All right. Um, one of the things from the inside look that they talked about, but this episode was sp- inspired by, I guess there was a lot of questions about, is Jerry gay? Yeah, I mean, not the character. I think the actual person, right? Right, the actual. And they only known that he was picking up, you know, high right. school girls. Right. Nobody they'll, they'll would have been see. asking that question. They'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there will not. That was just, that whole like 10 years of his life was just him showing them he's really straight. Yeah, there will not be any question about that going forward. All right, Akiva, what's next week? Next week, we got the old man. The old man. Jerry, Elaine, and George volunteer to help old people. Yes. Okay. All right. So the old man is coming up next week on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. Of course, again, really appreciate you guys who are on iTunes. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. If you leave us feedback and star ratings, this is the big week. This is the big week to do it. We really appreciate it. I feel like we have a lot of momentum with the show right now. So... Thank you guys uh, so much for your help with helping get the word out about the show now that Seinfeld is on 
Hello. When you said momentum, is that excluding Periscope? Because I'm not sure how much momentum we have on Periscope. Yeah, that's true. That's that's, that's <laughs> fair. I mean, it's kind of boring to just sit here and and watch me talk about Seinfeld with you. Yeah, just also, like, if you're the type of person, like, I'll um, if you put on Periscope and I'm doing nothing, I'll put it on sometimes. I won't watch it because there's not really much to like see, but I'll have it on. But then I'll be annoyed because I won't hear the whole thing. And then you know, when I want to listen to your podcast later, I'm like, oh, I've already heard this. Cannibalize the podcast. Like, but then, yeah, but then, like, I've, I've heard, like, most of it, and then I got to, like, start cutting around to see, like, what I didn't get up to, and then I'll start listening, and then I'm like, oh, no, I heard this, too. This sounds familiar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, even though I'm very pro, uh, you know, Periscope, I think you should be Periscoping everything. Arguments with your wife. I uh, want to. I want to. Oh, she won't let you Periscope arguments with her? Um, she's not really in favor of it. I mean, she could, like... Uh, yeah, I was going to say something. I'm not going to. I'm not going to like be uh, uh, sexist today. I was going to no. say she could put up make- makeup first. But <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. a big thing. Like, I don't have. I don't have makeup on. I'm not. No, I only said that because I've heard her say that before. I'm in my pajamas, right? But I would just record everything. I think that that would be like. I feel like if I was able to record every conversation in my marriage, I think that I would, there would be much fewer fights. Because I think that when you're recording, you never say anything that you're going to regret. And I feel like that's a good way to go through life. Because okay. yeah. it's true. But then, like, you, you know, you probably regret, like, uh, you know, a couple things you said on television once you were used to it after a few weeks. So I think after you get used to it, it's like reality television. Once you forget the cameras are there, you start saying the bad things again, right? Okay. Yeah, I do tell my wife that I do want to turn on a like voice recorder at least when we start to get into fights because I feel like then <laughs> I'll be less prone and, and, I, and I think that she won't be slowed down at all. So I think I'll have some good evidence of like, like see, I was totally calm and she was being like a real lunatic. Yeah, you could always forward them to the judge also. Yes, like uh, I was wearing a wire, Your Honor. Listen to how calm I was. Um, but no, no, I you're do think, assuming you're still there at this court case. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. But I do think that there is something to that. I think that people will are less likely to say stuff that they'll regret if it's being recorded. No, I agree. I think that would really be your thing. Not that podcasting is not also your thing, but you could be like the first guy to periscope everything. Yeah, periscope my entire divorce. <laughs> Nobody's done that before. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be good. Will become a self fulfilling prophecy if you just walk around periscoping all day. That should be my periscope. Yeah, user (laughs) username of uh, periscoping my divorce. Anybody say anything in the comments? Uh, Not Robert Durst. (laughs) Robert Durst. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What do you want to make? Did you ever watch that? I don't think you watched watched the first episode. And you didn't like it? I just had too much else to do. It gets so much better. I feel like you should you should hit that up this summer. Okay. What's the hashtag, Akiva? What was a what of gayness? <laughs> what was that? Steeped in gayness. I don't think we should say that. I don't think buck naked is a good one. No. Ugly uh, president I'm seeing. Yeah, ugly president's good. Okay. Who said that one? That is from you know, uh, 111 Paul. Paul Borges. Uh, good job. Okay. So there Apologies you go. Apologies to Paul for having to sit through this. Should we also take submissions for who is the ugliest president? Could you rank all the presidents by looks? Yeah, if, if if in the comments, I'm sure Chester by the end of this pod, when he's listening, will have will send us. He, uh, by the way, Chester has like uh, a beautiful mind style spreadsheets. Like you'll mention something to him, and he'll forward you like thirty. If you say like who was the best basketball player in 1988, he'll like forward you his like detailed spreadsheet of like the top 100. I'm not even like being facetious. So he probably has presidential rankings from like 40 categories. 
And I'm sure one of them is attractiveness. But yeah, in general, if somebody wants to rank all the presidents uh, or just their best and worst in the comments, uh, I would really like that. Okay. Uh, there's some question about, should we leave comments about the show on iTunes or on postshowrecaps.com? Please leave them on postshowrecaps.com. Leave your overall comments about the show on iTunes. Comments about the episode belong on postshowrecaps.com. Yeah, iTunes, get in and out. Give us five stars. Maybe write, uh, you know, Rob is great. He really, you know, carries the whole podcast. And, and then on Push Your Recaps, you could write a longer thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Great stuff, Akiva. Yeah, we really appreciate the help getting uh, into the TV and film charts in the week that Seinfeld is on Hulu. There's like there's a little bit like the hello thing, but it's more of the schmoopy thing and that it's like getting, you know, a little grating. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to stop saying it? No, you could. I mean, you're not going to be saying it forever, right? You're asking I mean, me to choose you or Hulu. No, you could pick the voice. Hulu. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Because they're right. going to be a sponsor. I feel like within the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. They used to sponsor your main show. I don't, I don't know they happened. did. They used to sponsor on Rob's podcast. And by the way, our link still works on HuluPlus.com/slash Rob. You can get two weeks free of Hulu. As opposed to just one if you sign up on regular Hulu Plus. So if you want to sign up, there's a code, uh, huluplus.com slash Rob. All right. Akiva, thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Bye.